You are now listening to NYY Sports Talk, a New York Yankees podcast. Find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Podable. Or you can head to nyysportstalk.com slash podcast and subscribe right from the website. For live in-game Yankee updates, news, and fan giveaways, follow on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Now, let's talk Yankees baseball with Christian and Chris. Welcome back to the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. This is episode 33 presented by the Armchair All-Americans. I'm Christian. Find me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST alongside my co-host Chris. What up, homie? That's how you want to start? Yep. All right. This is a special edition of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. We're dropping two brand new episodes this week because we got... Jack Curry of the Yes Network coming on with us today. Is he not your favorite Yes Network guy? He has easily become my favorite Yes Network guy. As I mean, in terms of what though? In like, terms of knowledge and just respecting everything he says when he's doing pre and post game. I don't get me wrong. I think Jack Curry's excellent at what he does. But if we're taking the whole Yes team. I mean, I'm talking Paulio, pre- babe. No, no, no. I'm talking pre and post game analysis. I mean, uh, it's him, Flaherty, Singleton, and who, by the way, Kenny Singleton announced he's retiring after this he season. He did. So, uh, you know, Didn't happy trails. Kenny. Happy trails to Ken Singleton. He's very. I don't know a lot of. I got a lot of positive responses, but then some not so positive responses. Ah, oh, we blocked that guy. There was yeah, only one. Yeah. I'm going to miss Ken. I think Ken is excellent at what he does. And Ken for- was a great class act. Always did and said the right thing and covered a great ball game. And for a guy that was not a Yankee, too. Right. You don't think of that, but he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He played, did he play all of his career in Baltimore? He might have played with the Expos and the Angels as well. I think, but majority of his yeah, career he was. Yeah, known for playing with the Orioles. Yeah. All right, so... Um, yeah, I mean, Jack knows this. I mean, Jack's a professional. It's what he does. I mean, we talked, we touched on it in the interview about his time with the New York Times. So he he know he knows how to do reporting, and you know, get scoops on things. But you know, Jack's excellent, and we were very uh, very lucky to get him on, talk a little Yankee baseball. So uh, why don't we jump right into the interview with Jack Curry of the Yes Network? Enjoy. All right, Chris and Christian here. We're on with Jack Curry of the Yes Network. Jack, how's everything going this spring training? I'm doing great, guys. I hope you're doing well, too. It's been an interesting spring training around the Yankees. Uh, Aaron Boone obviously taking over. and Almost from the beginning, you sense a different vibe around the Yankees. And this is not a criticism. Until Girardi, he averaged 91 wins a year while he was the Yankee manager. But it was just a more of a calmness about the team. And I've told this story to a couple of people, but unsolicited, Tino Martinez, who's one of the spring instructors, instructors, came up to me and he said, do you notice how relaxed everybody is? So I think that was a good sign for the Yankees. Obviously, when the season begins, the pressure amps up a lot because this is a team that has a lot of expectations on its shoulders. 
Alright, Jack. So before we actually get into, uh, the Yankees this season, we wanted to get a little bit of your backstory, uh, for the fans out there. Um, we know that you've worked for the New York Times and now you're with the Yes Network. Uh, what was the biggest story you've ever broken in your, uh, in your career? Wow. You're asking me to pat <laughs> myself on the back here. Yeah, go ahead, myself. you know. I wish, I wish you would ask one of my competitors that because I, I know there are stories that were broken on me that really make you uh, lose sleep at night. <laughs> I, I guess one story that was that was really impactful was, and I don't even know if you guys would know this story, but let me tell the story first and I'll tell you something about it. After Buck Showalter left the Yankees and Joe Torre was hired to become manager, I found out that George Steinbrenner actually did an end around and tried to hire Showalter back. <laughs> He got nervous, and he wanted to hire Showalter as an advisor so that he would have him in waiting in case Tory stumbled. Now, when you look back at that now, you would say to yourself, wow, are you kidding me? Of course, we know Tory wins a, a title in his first year and wins four in his first five years. And the interesting thing about that is that story ran in the Sunday New York Times and I still remember one of my competitors, a guy who's no longer in New York, Tom Keegan, who was writing to the New York Post. He was covering the Yankees that day for them. And he said, I couldn't even follow it. He said it was such a, a massive story that the Post decided not to write anything. I don't think that would happen today. I think with Twitter, obviously, the story would be everywhere. Absolutely. But it was this kind of a massive story that did get a lot of attention, but probably should have gotten a lot more attention. All right, Jack. So obviously after you moved on from the New York Times, you went over to Yes. What was the biggest adjustment you had to make from being a writer, a guy that, you know, was, you know, basically uh, using a pen to break stories to somebody that was now an on-air analyst and, you know, had to give fans the information through the television screen? I think for me, what I've told people about this is I used to go to games and know that I had anywhere between 800 words and 1,000 words to tell a great story. Now when I'm in the studio, I've got to take whatever those eight or 800 or 1,000 words were and boil them down into bullet points of 20 seconds or 30 seconds. So I find myself still doing the job the same way, but just doing it in a TV way. So if I went to the ballpark and decided I'm going to write about Brett Barton's defense today, well, in the studio, I can't write, I can't speak for two straight minutes about Brett Gardner's defense. I'm going to have to break it down into, well, he gets good jumps on, on fly balls and he, and he reads balls off the bat well and he does this many, uh, fly balls before each game. So to me, it was just sort of translating the information differently for a TV audience. And I think the thing that I had working in my favor is even though I was a TV rookie in terms of this being my full-time job. As a New York Times writer, you get invited to be on TV shows all the time. So I had really been on TV shows since I was the Yankee beat writer in 1991. And I never, I never allowed myself to get nervous because I always said, this is an extra for me. I'm essentially doing somebody a favor by appearing on his or her show. Why should I get nervous? If right. I stumble over my words, if I make a mistake, I still have a job at the New York Times. <laughs> and I think that approach helped me once I got to yes, because 
I don't really feel nerves or tension when I'm sitting there on the studio set, and I think that some people who maybe just go straight from newspapers or print background TV, that might be something that impacts them. Well, getting back into the, the thick of things with the Yankees, say the biggest story surrounding the team right now has been MLB's scrutinizing Aaron Judge over this past week. They're notorious for selecting certain players and making an example out of them. With Aaron Judge speaking to Machado, said something along the lines of, you'd look good in pinstripes, something innocent, something he maybe should have kept to himself. Do you think they're making too big of a deal of this, or do you feel like MLB has the right to do with what they've done? I, I was actually going to test what you said. I didn't really think this was that big a story, and I thought that MLB did what it had to do. One of their reps, Paul Cashman, Cashman has a discussion with Aaron Judge. I thought Manny Machado's comment on the back end of this told you all you needed to know. He said he has said to players, you'd look good in black and orange. If we don't think these conversations occur, we're naive. I guess Judge's mistake was being too honest and, and telling reporters about it. He could have had that innocent 30-second, 90-second conversation or whatever it was, and no one would ever know anything about it. But the idea that recruiting doesn't go on, of course it does. People would want to play with great players. So I think it was a compliment to Judge. I think MLB did what it had to do in, in slapping Judge on the wrist, but I don't I don't expect this to be a story that has any legs. I think the next time Judge has a conversation with a player, probably just not going to talk about it with the media. Hey, you know what? I think it's going to blow over, and I think it, it already has, but I think it upsets the casual fan because Judge has done everything right in the in this past year. He said everything right, and you really don't come by a lot of players like this. I mean – Jeter did it for, what, 18 years, and you have a guy like Judge come up, and it just felt like they were slapping him on the wrist for something so minor. Yeah, I guess because of who he is, though, too. Remember, at the All-Star game last year, Rob Manford said he had the potential to be the face of baseball. If Brandon Drury did this, or said this, you're right, we probably wouldn't even have heard about it. I, I know there are players who have gone on Twitter and said things about wanting to play with a certain player, so... I gotta be honest with you guys. I didn't think it was that big story. Um, and I don't feel like I'm being a Yankee apologist in saying that. I thought, okay, yeah, what a shock that, that Aaron Judge would want to play with one of the, one of the top ten players in Major League Baseball. Again, Judge probably should have just kept that conversation to himself. And I guess it's unfortunate as a member of the media now is that, well, we, we might get shut out a little bit on, on things that showed a little bit of personality and a little bit of interest in, in his own future and the Yankees' future. All right, Jack, so let's uh, focus on the on-field issues with the ball club. Since you brought up Brandon Drury, nice little segue into uh, what we want to talk about next. Uh, it seems that the two big position battles for the Yankees right now are at second and third base. Uh, come opening day, who do you think Aaron Boone's slotting into those two positions? Yeah, I think Drury is your starting third baseman. As nice a spring as Andujar has had, I was in the dugout when Brian Cashman spoke to the media in the moments or the hours, whatever it was, the next day, whatever it was, they got Drury. And Cashman made it pretty clear that Drury was their starting third baseman. I'm not saying Andujar couldn't have changed their mind and had an amazing spring and, and gotten his footwork together at third. 
that something could have changed. But Cashman, of all the general managers and executives that I've covered, he's pretty forthright. And he basically said they've been following Drury for a long time. They tried to acquire him for a long time. They traded two top 15 prospects to get him. This wasn't a guy that you were suddenly going to say, okay, let's see if we get a 300 at bat. Brandon Drury's going to play. So I believe he's your third baseman. And I think the other opening that you referred to, I think I think Wade's going to play a lot. I, I think there are people who think Wade is going to be a utility player on the team. I think Wade and Walker are going to play a lot of second base. And I think they're going to spot Walker at first base and third base as well. I think Walker is a very useful player for them because of his own versatility. And that was the other thing, guys, that I took away from spring training. Aaron Boone is, is your your new age site manager in a lot of ways. He gets very excited when he talks about players like Wade or Walker, or for that matter, even Drury, who have some versatility and play different positions. I do think Drury will essentially be locked in at third, but look for Walker and, and Wade to, to give the Yankees some of that versatility by playing multiple positions. One guy we're not even speaking of anymore is Gleyber Torres. Are the Yankees at all concerned with his slow spring training? No, and they shouldn't be. I mean, this is a kid, first of all, he's 21 years old. He had fewer than 100 plate appearances at AAA last year. And he had Tommy John surgery. Now, I kind of chuckle at people who say, well, it was on his non-throwing arm. Have you ever swung a baseball bat? <laughs> your, your front arm, as a right-handed batter, your, your left arm still has a lot to do with you trying to hit a 98-mile-per-hour fastball. Sure. And I don't think the injury impacted him, guys. I think it was him trying to the the uh, the bus, so to speak, was going 70 miles an hour, and Flores was going 20 miles an hour, and he tried too hard to catch up with that bus. And he sees Judge and Stan and Sanchez and all these guys in camp. And he knows they're breaking camp with the team. And I think he tried too hard to be one of those guys. I think Torres goes to AAA and forces the Yankees' hand. As much as I was just saying wonderful things about uh, Wade and Walker and how the Yankees' infield is going to set up, I think Torres forces their hand at some point. And maybe by May, they're going to have no choice but to call this kid up. He is everything about him speaks to a future all-star, just the way he carries himself is at bat, the way he plays defensively. This is a future all-star, and he will have an impact in 2018. It's not a big deal that he doesn't start the season with the team. By the way, there, there are service time issues as well. Spent a couple of weeks in the minor league. The service time clock doesn't start, and the Yankees will end up getting out of the year, which that wasn't even a factor because he's not ready to go, but that's just another another thing that enters into this equation. All right, Kristen Christian here of NYY Sports Talk. I'm with Jack Curry of the Yes Network. Uh, Jack, you mentioned them in your uh, in the answer to your last question there. Judge, Stan, and Sanchez, the big, I guess we'll call them the big three for this lineup here. Uh, if you're Aaron Boone and you're putting this lineup together, are you batting the three of them in, in a row or you want to stick a lefty in there and, and break up the three big righty sluggers? I'm going to answer your question this way. When they, uh, when they got Stanton, we were down in Orlando, um, doing the winter meetings and John Flaherty is the former catcher. And I was talking to him about if you're scouting this team and, and you're trying to tell your pitcher what he needs to do against these players, 
don't you want to have Judge and Stanton back to back? Don't you want to have the pitcher having to know that in the first inning of a game, he's going to face them? Flannery uh, disagreed with me. He said, I, I can see what you're saying. He said, I, I like the idea of splitting them up with the lefty. I, I'm even going to, I'm, I'm going to make that, amplify that even more by saying to you, yes, I would go Gardner, Judge, Stanton, Sanchez. Look at their numbers against right-handed batters. I don't have them with right in front of me, but all three of them can hit righties. Yes, you, you are more susceptible to a reliever who comes in late, a Joe Smith who's got a sweeping slider. Okay, but let Joe Smith get through that gauntlet of players. I think the idea that you have to split them up, I, I'm going to go with the three guys who, uh, who could be MVP candidates. Well, one of them has already won an MVP. Put them two, three, and four. If I'm Aaron Judge, I have no problem doing that. We we couldn't agree with you more. We've been big advocates of it. The and, and, and by the way, guys, one other thing: their their lineup is going to be fluid. I don't know. I, I threw a number out on, on another show that I did. They might have ninety to one hundred different lineups this year. There's going to be a day where where Sanchez gets a day off, and maybe you do put Bird between the two righties. And, and there's going to be another day where maybe they want to slide DD up. I, I don't think that what we see on opening day, for instance, is going to be the, the same lineup 140 out of 152 games. I, I do think that they're going to look at matchups. I, I do think that they're going to spot guys where they think they will be most successful. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if you see Judge in that, in that number two hole most of, if not all the time. We can all agree that, that the offense shouldn't be and most likely won't be their issue this year. Do you think this team has enough starting pitching to make a, to make a deep run in, into the postseason, hopefully win a pennant? I, I think, I think it does for this reason. I think they're going to end up getting another pitcher. So I guess I'm saying no slash yet. I, I think that when you're talking about getting through the marathon of the season, they used 11 starters last year. You look at CC Sabathia, he was good for 150 innings last year. He, he looks good in spring training, but he's an, he's an aging player, so you don't know if you're going to get that 150 out of him again. You just wonder about your depth. Now, I know they have some guys at AAA, whether it's a Domingo Herman or a Chance Adams, and I know they have some guys that just Sheffield a little bit, maybe a notch below those guys, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see them make a move once they see the season unfold a little bit. See what happens. You get to that July trading deadline. Is, is there anybody out there that you feel you want to pluck put into your rotation? What they did last year with Sonny Gray. So they ended the season with these same five starters. That was good enough to get them to the ALCS. But I do think at some point they, they will add another pitcher. All right, Jack. So uh, we want to take a look at <clears throat> some of the Yankees' main competition in the uh, American League East here. The Red Sox added J.D. Martinez to their lineup uh, in the offseason. Uh, J.D. hit 45 home runs last year, and we all know that the Yankees added Giancarlo Stanton to this uh, lineup with 59 home runs in his MVP campaign for the Marlins. Who do you see has the bigger impact on the American League East in, or more so for their, their new squad, Stan or Martinez? Oh, that's a great question because there's so many ways you can answer this. I, I will say this. The Red Sox desperately needed to add power. Yankees hit 241 home runs last year. This, this is the rich getting richer with them adding Stan. So 
I guess you could say that Martinez is, was needed more by the Red Sox than Stanton was. If you ask me who do I think is going to hit more home runs this year, I'll say Stanton. Uh, I think he has the potential to have as, as big an impact of, of any player who, who switched teams or got traded or signed with a team. But I, I do think that the Red Sox definitely needed to add some power because that, that was something that was so lacking when Ortiz retired and, and that lineup just seemed to just miss some power. Jack, who is the Chad Green of the 2018 Yankees? And when we say Chad Green, we mean who is the one guy who's going to make a huge impact this year that we're just not expecting to? Well, can I preface this by saying there might not be one? Because <laughs> <laughs> we expect one. so much. <laughs> I, I get the premise of your question. I'm going to pick a guy that I just mentioned a few seconds ago, Domingo Vermont. <laughs> I've been really impressed with watching him this season. I watch in spring training. You have to pick, you have to remind yourself that it's spring training. But I watched a lot of batters just have feeble swings against Vermont, just unable to figure out his stuff. Kind of got a fluid motion. He's, he's 6'2", 180, whatever he is. He's thin out there on the mound, but he's got the fastball. He's got the slider slash slurve. He's got a good changeup. I could see him being a real weapon, whether it's a guy you decide can be a dead green type, not that they need one, giving you, giving you multiple innings out of the bullpen, or whether it's a guy who you send to AAA and have him ready as your first starter to be called up. I know the Yankees, if you look at the numbers, Chance Adams is the guy who would seemingly be the number one starter at AAA, but I, I think Herman has, has opened a lot of eyes with his stuff too, and I do not be shocked if he is a person who has a level of impact with the Yankees this year. All right, Jack, before we let you go, we want to kind of put you on the spot here a little bit. We want to get a little season prediction from you. Uh, just your thoughts on where do you think the 2018 Yankees are going to wind up when the dust all settles at the end of the World Series, or hopefully not before that. But <laughs> I mean, I, I thought they were, I thought they were pushing 95 wins, even even before they got thin. I, I thought that this team looked as if it had found itself last year. You get get Bird for an entire season, you get Jordan Montgomery in his second year, you get Sonny Gray having his feet on the ground more as opposed to a guy when he got here still trying to get acclimated, if you get the second half Tanaka, if you get more improvement in Severino, so I saw them in the 95 win range before they got Stan, so I mean, I, I'm going to stick with that, I think they're a 95 to 97 win team that will win the division, I think this division is top heavy. I think it's the Yankees and the Red Sox. I think the other three teams are are just not going to be as competitive. I think this is one of the years where where the AL East will be a two team race. And then if you're the Yankees, you're, you're looking to try and and do what you couldn't do last year. The Astros are clearly the the cream of the American League East. And do the Yankees have enough to surpass the Astros this year? I, I think it's going to be fun to watch throughout the year. I always tell people in my job as a pre-game and post-game studio analyst, I, I need a team that's entertaining. I, I just want a team that's entertaining because that gives you something to talk about. I covered the Yankees since 1991. I covered some boring teams in those first couple of years. <laughs> this team is entertaining. This team is exciting. 
Yankee fans are going to have a lot to watch this year. And you know what, Jack? The one concern, the one question mark going into the season was having a rookie manager, but from you and from everyone we've spoken to, it, it really just doesn't seem like it's a big concern anymore at this point. The team is the team is really good, so let, let's throw that out there right away. And any manager will tell you, I'm a good manager because I have good players. There there have been studies done on, on how many wins a manager actually means throughout the course of a season, and some people have put that at a low number. And I'm not in any way diminishing what a manager has to do, but I think Boone... We'll, we'll have some struggles. He's never done this before. He'll, he'll have a moment or two in that dugout. We, we saw something in spring training already where they didn't have a pitcher ready. And that, that can't happen during the regular season. That better not happen during the regular season. But I, I think that Boone has also, he has people around him. He has a staff around him. And the way that managers operate these days, guys, and you know this, is they're given a ton of analytical information. And the team is almost already saying, in the seventh inning, with a couple of guys on, if Hanley Ramirez comes up, and I'm just picking this out of the sky, we're expecting you to bring David Robertson in. That's the guy we want. That's the matchup we want. So before every series, every game, they've thought about scenarios and the way that they expect a manager to go. Now, will he make some decisions with his gut? Of course he will. But a lot of those decisions have already been discussed and have already been said that this is what we think gives us the best chance to win. And I think Boone has already shown that, that he can adapt in that way, that he's a communicator, he's a connector, and, and he's a guy who can get a lot out of these players. Jack Curry of the Yes Network. Jack, we cannot thank you enough for giving us some of your time before the season starts this year. Chris and Christian, I enjoyed it, and I hope you guys enjoyed the season. All right, Jack, thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you on the Yes Network pre- and post-game. <laughs> All right, that was our exclusive interview with Jack Curry of the Yes Network. Uh, be sure to check uh, out Jack pre- and post-game on the Yes Network for uh, during Yankee broadcast. And if you're not following Jack on Twitter, you should just get off Twitter if yeah, you're a Yankee fan. It's, honestly. It's at uh, Jack Curry, yes, Y-E-S. So we, we did a little research during the interview, and uh, we found out that Kenny Singleton was actually drafted by the Mets. Played there two years, I think that guy Rice said. Two years in Montreal, and then the rest of his career in Baltimore. Stack guy Rye is here. He could say hello if he wants to. Well, you didn't introduce me, so I just felt like I... Well, we were going to try to cut you out of this show. <laughs> uh, but we needed your services, so... So yeah, we appreciate two years, it. Two years with the Mets, three years with Montreal, um, over 10 years with Baltimore. Wow. Does that surprise you? The guy has become synonymous with the Yankees because of his role as the main color analyst for the team, but he never played for the Yankees. Yeah, you don't think yeah. about that kind Born of stuff. Born in New York. You know who else didn't play for the Yankees? Who? Michael Kay. <laughs> why is that, why, why is that funny to you? It's not. But Michael K is a broadcaster. Yeah, I know. Okay, so there's a little bit of a difference there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, this is a special Saturday release here. We're going to uh, drop this the same day as the uh, as we actually interviewed Jack here on St. Patrick's Day. I don't know why I keep forgetting that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is St. Patrick's Day, so a little special episode for St. Patrick's Day, or just the day that Jack could come on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you again to, for, to Jack for coming on with us. Again, follow him on Twitter if you haven't already. At Jack Curry, yes. And um, Chris, 
Bye. Peace.